0: Over the next two to three years, certainly central Portland real estate is going to be hit hard from a landlord perspective. What that means for the tenant is that there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Vacancy will maintain. It's not going to start dropping overnight by Mm -hmm. no means. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The second cliff note I would say is the decision to move to the suburbs by some major companies within the
1: Portland area. We have yet to see how that plays out. Welcome to Think Beyond Space the PDX workplace insider podcast. I'm your host, Blake St. Ange, principal for the Portland office of Cressa, a global corporate real estate firm from the people, the culture, and their thoughts on the future of work. We sit down with leaders from Portland's most respected companies to learn about what makes their workplaces tick. We also dive into the commercial real estate markets and workplace trends that will help shape the future of business in Portland for years to come. Subscribe at Cressa.com Portland or wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to have a partner of mine from the across the Portland office, Sean Connors, with me today. Sean, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Blake, thanks so much for having me. Really excited to, to be here and and participate in this these podcasts we've had.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's been fun. I'm I'm excited to have you on. We've had a chance to work together for the last you know four plus years, and um, we'll get into some details around sort of the real estate markets and what. Companies are doing, where they're moving, and why are they moving, and what are they doing from a workplace perspective? But before we get into all that, I want you to share a little bit about who you are, sort of what you do for for uh, for our office, for the company as a, in in general, and then we'll we'll get into it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I joined Cress about five and a half years ago. Always, I think since I was ten years old, I I knew I'd be in the the commercial real estate world. Just didn't know where. And and when I graduated, I uh, I looked at a couple different companies and, and came across Cressa and the focus on occupy representation and I thought that was a great platform to be with and I have loved every minute since uh, I think we've got a great team and do really really good work for for our clients
1: you wanted you knew you wanted to be in commercial real estate at 10 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew wow. up outside New York City. That explains a lot.
0: <laughs> it does, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up outside New York City and I had, you know, my dad was an asset manager, my uncle's in commercial real estate, family friends, and it's also New York City. You know, you see tall buildings every day and you don't really know how they got there or what's going on inside of them. And once you start to realize that, it's, to me, it's exciting. Most people thought it was pretty boring at 10 years old, as you can imagine, but.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, Building I, Legos, uh, yeah. playing outside, but no, no, you knew. Uh,
0: I was an early developer. Yeah, um, there you go. So being able to work in something that I've thought about for most of my life is, is awesome, a, a really awesome feeling. I, as you know, I can be attentive to detail. And as such, I've I, you know, in addition to the account work I do with you and with other partners in the office, I do a lot of our market research. And try to provide some insightful, turn the data into something palpable and something that we can understand, and, and how it helps companies. And you know that's what I'm excited to talk about today. And you know I thought we probably should start it off with what we're seeing with our clients, and how, and and, and then backtrack after that as to you know what the data is is showing behind that.
1: Yeah, I would say let's you know think about sort of broad strokes the last 15 or 16 months. You know, velocity, transaction velocity, deal velocity, obviously, from an office perspective has been, you know, very light. We've had some things start to uh, tick up a little bit in the last few months. And I think part of that is due to some of the restrictions being lifted. And uh, I think there's a, a sort of a Labor Day date out there for people to to potentially come back in some form or fashion, whether that's fully back, hybrid back, you know, some sort of flexibility. But, you know, maybe walk through some of the things that that we've seen in the last 12 months last 15 months um on the you know just on the on the velocity side downtown uh, suburban markets and just sort of some context around what 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 we're seeing there
0: yeah yeah it's it's a very interesting environment i know you know anytime i tell someone i work in commercial real estate they say oh no you know wow. wow you know what's going on there is anything happening and well yeah a lot is happening yeah. we have seen certain submarkets stall so to speak a lot of subleases on the market Um, you're not seeing a lot of people in the office and then you see some, some markets blossom, really. Mm -hmm. I think it's a changing dynamic that may have happened eventually anyways, to be honest, but you know, what, what we're seeing is, is the ability for companies to, you know, relocate within a, a kind of smaller market that is Portland and see what happens. It's, it's, it's really interesting time, time in the market. I, uh, I would say that we've seen some headlines of some massive companies moving to Hillsborough or to Cruiseway in Lake Oswego. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've certainly started to see in the last couple months, you know, companies really um, renewing in downtown Portland and mm-hmm. saying, we're going to stick it out. Uh, again, these leases are five or seven or 10 year leases, right? right? So this is a long period of time. Right. And I think a lot of people are so Wrapped up in the last twelve to, to sixteen months, they're not really looking down the road. The uh, you know conceptual idea that everyone's going to be working from home, I, I don't think is realistic. Yeah. And I think companies are starting to realize that, employees are starting to realize that, and the need to be around people and to be sharing ideas in person is 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 really important. So we're still in the mix of figuring out what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But you know the data is is clear and, and shows that. Uh, you know, subleases have increased 100%. Um, vacancy has increased more than we've ever seen it in the Portland market uh, for office buildings. Yeah. And we will see where it goes from
1: there. Yeah, I think that's the key. I think the big thing, too, is, is there's been so much uncertainty the last 12 to 15 months. I think equally there's going to be some uncertainty for the next 12 to 15 months, to be honest. I think that, you know, people are still sort of trying to figure out the mire of okay do we go back do we go back hybrid do we go back full-time like what is that and i think the journey of that is going to be another 12 to 15 months of of people just in companies sort of playing with it a little bit i mean i think that in some some organizations have definitely put a a, a stake in the ground of what they're doing but i think uh, others from a leadership standpoint are saying you know what this we're going to try this we're going to try this and it's just i think if we hold this podcast 12 months from now it could be vastly different than what it is today
0: absolutely I think the key is to be flexible, you know, and that, that is uh, without a doubt what, what everyone is is trying to do. You have, you know, again, some companies who are, are moving out of the downtown area and signing a five-year lease or a seven-year lease in the suburbs. And what happens two years down the road when conceptually everything opens back up in, in downtown mm-hmm. and people are located there and they say, ah, you know what, I want to look at jobs that are closer to where I live. Mm-hmm. I want to bike to work, at, you know, kind of be- – to some extent back to normal, but also back to a a new environment, right? Mm -hmm. And I I would also add that the decisions, you know, we we think that over the last year and a half people stalled, but I would also add that within that context, you have these leases that are long leases, right? So not, let's say one fifth of the leases actually expired over the last year to 16 months. Mm -hmm. And those companies had to make a quick fire decision as to what they're going to do are they going to renew are they going to renew for a year if they could right, right. or are they going to relocate now we have more companies whose leases are are eventually expiring right you you have the call it now 50% of the companies are are now deciding what they're going to do and and everyone's doing their own thing it's it's really odd you know i i with before looking at the data i would say oh everyone's flooding the suburbs right but no we're looking at the data and Companies are renewing in Portland. Companies yeah. are expanding in downtown. Yeah. Companies are expanding in the Pearl District, in Slabtown, in Lloyd District. Yeah. You know, th- this is all central Portland. And and then you also have companies that are going to Hillsborough, going to Cruise Way. So th- the key is that you have to be flexible. There's not one trend that is directing all of this. Right. There really is not. I think it's, uh, you know, leaders are, are trying to make decisions uh, to accommodate their employees and to accommodate recruiting. As best they can and i i would say that in talking to leaders none of them are 100 percent certain in these decisions but they're trying
1: yeah 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 and i think it's you know um you know you talk about a stall out the last 18 months it's almost like a duck you know up top it looks sort of nice but underneath the surface like they're their legs are just moving right so it, as we've seen there's been so much content delivery on you know in the first part of covid about what that looks like and then we thought that we were going back last summer and then that didn't happen and then all the changes that have gone on in the last 12 months like there's been so much sort of pent i wouldn't say it's pent up demand but pent up decision making that's going on and then restrictions started to lift and so what we're seeing too is there's now it's almost like this there, there's there's not pressure for more demand of space, but pressure of like, what does it look like? We've been planning for 12 months and now all of a sudden we wanna implement in 60 days. And it's just, that has been a challenge too that we're seeing just because, you know, and now who knows? Who, who knows if Labor Day is gonna to be the day anymore, right? Like it could be November, it right. could be next year. It just, it's still so fluid. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, trying to track that data-wise is is, you know, fairly challenging.
0: Absolutely. I I think there are two different ideas here. The the first idea is location. And when I said earlier that there is not a trend in location, I do believe that's true. There are some companies going one place, there's some companies staying put, there's some companies expanding, etc. I think the trend that people will follow is when we we hit a, say, 50% of companies making a common decision. And what I mean by that is Right now, you have a couple companies saying, come back three days a week, two days a week, whatever their rules, regulations are gonna be, but you don't have enough. And as a result, you have employees who say, actually, I wanna work from home, or I wanna be in the office one way or the other, and they're gonna try to find the company that can accommodate the lifestyle that they want, right? So until we have over 50%, I would say, companies who are saying, you have to be in, in the office three days a week, there's still gonna be uncertainty from a leadership perspective as to whether they should implement those rules because they will be fearful of their employees and some of their top employees jumping ship because they want another company who will accommodate their lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that'll be a trend for a long time. I think there'll be companies on the outskirts saying, hey, we can you know, we can support a complete remote workforce, we can whatever. But then w- once we go to that experiment, we will start to understand Uh, what companies are, which companies are being more productive? Really?
1: Right. It'll be the balance. Well, that's, you know, Microsoft's report came out earlier in the year, you know, about the 40 or 50% of the people that are in current roles or current jobs at a particular organization in the next 12 to 18 months will change, you know, change their situation. And that's why I think the fluidity of the next, again, 12 to 15 to 18 months is going to be really interesting to, to it's, we're living and continue to live in this experiment. And I think in some cases people are making decisions in other it, in some cases people are allergic to decisions I, really I think so I mean it's just it, it there's so much uncertainty and then when you talk about from a market perspective, am I getting a good market deal right and there's there's almost in some cases there's there's um there's no precedence for some for for what's going on right so you're sort of setting where those things are and it's 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 as advisors were our, our goal and our focus is to be there as fiduciary to advise our clients on on how to to go about you know their decision making and it can be challenging at times because there's no there's no clear decision or there's no clear line even if they have expirations in cases it's like okay well we could extend for a year probably because there's no one that's going to backfill our space and so that there's that decision piece too that comes into this
0: right and that's you know that's also something that i think companies should be aware of more often i i Oftentimes if you're a company and your lease is expiring and the landlord says, yeah, you have a three-year option in your lease or you have a five-year option in your lease, that's all we're going to honor, companies have to step back and say, oh, we actually have a lot of leverage right now and, and, and make a wise decision. And a wise decision could be extending for a year and trying to determine what to do next.
1: Or not do anything and work from, like depending on the size of the organization, right? Like, you know, if you're 10 employees or you're, you know, a thousand employees, it's a little bit different in terms of that decision-making. But, you know, if you're up against a lease expiration, you don't necessarily know what you want to do. A landlord decides that they don't don't want to extend you, or at least that's the way they posture for a year or 18 months. Then the reaction is, well, we've been working from home for the last 12 months. We can continue to do that and then be a free agent to the market, right? Like that is, again, maybe not for a, Thousand-person organization, you know, but mm-hmm. um, for a good portion of of companies in the metro, that that could be a, a scenario. It is, yeah, with, without a doubt. And I mean, this
0: is a question to you as well as as you're experiencing this a lot with your clients. But it, it appears to me that the need to make a decision is escalating, so to speak. Uh, it seems like companies who might still be fine in a short term. A flexible solution are now saying, you know what, we're we're sick and tired of not making decisions, so let's yeah. start to look. I mean, we just did a, a very large survey for a client, uh, doing conducting a drive time analysis for you know plus sixty employees in the metro area, identifying locations, cost, parking, etc. Yeah, and I mean, we looked everywhere. Yeah, because they still don't know, but they do know that they want to make a decision, right. right? And and part of that from us is yeah, we'll we'll show you. I mean. If if you're looking at say 15,000 square feet for that 60 to 70,000 or 67, 70 people, 200 options are going to pop yeah, up realistically. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of crazy yeah, you're looking in the full Metro. Yeah, exactly. So what do you do? Do you secure a a deal in downtown Portland where you can get insane concessions, where you have a plethora of options, mm-hmm. or do you look in a suburban market again? that there, there is not a trend to look at. You do see Microsoft, you see Apple, and you see some other companies who are, seem to be going to you know, suburban areas, but you also see companies staying put in, in CBD. Right. And I know I've said that three times, but I, I mean it because it's an <laughs> yeah. important thing because everyone's looking for a trend as to what other companies are doing because you said the decision stalemate is occurring. Yeah, yeah. But that's not, what I, that's not, in my opinion, what you should be doing. What you should be doing is is really saying where do we want to plant our flag? We're going to be a leader with our employees in this new location in this new environment. There's also a, an extreme opportunity to you know identify very cool creative sublease space in downtown. I I do believe that that is an opportunity for companies, and you know on that to get a little bit into the into the details and data I, I wanted to pull up something we Cressa we, recently ran a report on some of the top metro areas just showing q1 2021 right before the pandemic hit and then q1 2020 uh, 2020 yeah. apologies yes yeah. and then q1 2021 so seeing that that year um, impact and yeah. you know what, what we did the top markets for instance uh, uh, for available sublease was or, or the increase in available sublease was New York. San Francisco, Boston, Atlanta, right? The top was San Francisco, and Subway space increased 135%, right? It went from 2 million to 4.8 million. Now, these are big markets, and Portland is not that far off, right? Portland increased 124% over that same period of time. All right, so if we're looking at San Francisco, 135 percent, we're at 124 uh, percent. We have about half the amount of available sublease space, yeah. but we have about a quarter yeah. of the amount of total, oh, total. supply. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot out there. There's a lot of companies subleasing. Now, when we when we say availability rate, which we were just referencing, keep in mind that that is companies who are still technically occupying the space, right? And they are kind of just throwing. The space out in the sublease market to determine if there's activity. Yeah, we've seen some of them take them off, right? Because they say, "Ah, you know what? We're going to actually stick it out, right?" Yeah, and I think that's a that's a fine way to go about it. I mean, I think part of it too
1: is people have thought that you know, in the last again last year, like let's let's throw on the market see what sort of activity. Oh, we haven't really gotten that much activity or that much interest, Mm -hmm. especially if it's been downtown, and so. I think we, you know, after going through our planning, we thought we were going to be this way in our occupancy for a workplace, you know, post COVID, but now we think we're going to be this way. And let's just keep our space for a period of time. And what right. I've also noticed and from a lot of the work that you've been doing is a lot of those subleases, and I'll just stick with downtown specifically, have roll dates or expiration dates in the next 18 months to two years. So there's not, they're, they're not like five year subleases, seven year subleases. So those, you know, will presumably be rolled on to the actual, you know, True vacancy from a not even sublease standpoint. So as Absolutely. we start to see the increased sublease vacancy, we still have some increased direct mm-hmm. vacancy. That could potentially continue to start to to balloon over the course of the next you know couple yeah. of years.
0: That's a, that's a great point because we you know we look at vacancy rate and availability rate all the time, and I don't think many people understand the difference purely because it's not explained very often. Yeah. you know, vacancy is this space is a vacant you know, vacant right now or within the next 30 days. And, you know, that that is a very important metric. However, decisions take 90 days, take, you know, oh, 180 yeah. days. Two let, years you know, in some cases. Right. Yeah. You know, once you <laughs> yeah. identify a space. So it's almost not a very logical way to look at the market. Yeah. Right. It does make it seem like the market is less available than, uh, than it otherwise might be. But, um, well, really, the availability rate is is a very key indicator because it's showing all the space that is available, that's under construction, that will be available, you know, within a 30 to 90 day time frame uh, or that's out in the sublease market. So the point that you just said is, you know, we've seen the trend of, of vacancy kind of going up, but once once those sublease spaces do roll, they will be vacant spaces yeah. and that's going to be in the next two to two to three years and right now we have, um, you know, across the market, we are at 12%, but in, in select some markets, I mean, in, in, in CBD, we're at 24%.
1: That's central business district, CBD, yeah.
0: central Portland. Yeah. And in, in close in Northwest, which is Slabtown, yeah, it's very high as well. It's 24 uh, Lloyd district. Lloyd district is still actually pretty, pretty low um, as, as yeah. a surrounding market. But the point is that There's going to be a lot of space. Uh, I think as a company, you'll have the opportunity to really identify the best space uh, for you and your employees, get it built out how you want. Uh, It just takes some time because um, there's not going to be one or two options. There's going to be Twenty or thirty
1: options. Yeah, and I think that's sometimes the challenging part is there's there's you know a plethora of options. But then mm. as you as you you know every company is going to be different. So as you're getting into the the details around, okay, there might be broad stroke thirty five options for you know a, a large footprint, a two mm. floor footprint, and then you're going to actually of that thirty five, there's really going to be probably fifteen that make a mm. whole lot of sense, and then of that fifteen, you're really going to focus on probably five. Of that list, right? right? So now you're at you know probably 15% of the t- total, or even mm. less, 10% of the total market that that actually makes sense for again, depending upon what it is that you're looking to accomplish with your you know with your space.
0: Yeah, and th- this actually goes to a, an important point that I did want to bring up, which is related to workplace planning strategy and the tenant improvements. And I I think what's going to happen with this trend of you know mass availability, so to speak, it will allow companies to not only identify the location they wanna be in, but the floor plan they want. And they will not have to spend so much money on tenant improvements, right? I mean, we, we can talk about this all day, but sometimes it almost seems absurd that you end up spending $100 per square foot building out a space exactly how you want. And I think that's gonna kind of go away because what you'll have is so many options. You'll be able to do the workplace strategy before you actually start looking, identify what and how you might wanna build out your space And as a result, you'll see and find the options that are are nearly there, right? So the money that you'd otherwise be spending on all of that TI is going to go down. And that's going to be a great benefit to tenants,
1: right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that that plays out. Because, you know, with the construction industry, the way that it has been, with the cost of, of materials that it has been, we're starting to see some you know uh reduction in lumber costs Mm -hmm. which have been at an all-time high um record high so we're seeing that sort of come down but it's you know when people if i'm a if i'm an organization and and i want to go into doesn't matter the size of the space 5 10 15 20 100 feet what doesn't matter the size like if i'm going to commit to something i want that space to reflect my brand my culture my people and so there's there's You know, you, you do, you've got to, you have to, there's, that's sometimes when you think about sublease spaces, that's the challenge of sublease spaces because somebody else built out that space to, to, to reflect their brand, their culture, their recruitment, Mm -hmm. all that. And then for some other, someone else to come in and just take it as it is, that's the challenging part, right? Because, you know, big subleases are challenging to fill. Smaller ones are a little bit, you know, could be a little bit easier to fill just because the size and the scale of these sorts of endeavors is, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the if the construction costs are going to be lower. You might have, you know, maybe overall costs might be lower because you know you might take less space. But we're also seeing some companies decide to to you know, take a little bit more footage, right? You know, yeah. it's, I think that I think that's uh, still yet to be determined. The, the interesting thing that I'm seeing is with all this vacancy or sublease or whatever, there's still a delta between what our clients and what we to a certain degree too believe should be sort of face rents versus what's actual you know actually there and i think part of that is just lack of velocity it's hard to create demand and so when you're actually getting into the deal you're seeing some of that lower but face rates aren't really they haven't really come off much from you know pre-covid numbers that's
0: that's true and you know i give a few examples for the central business di- district uh you know we've talked about this before but over the last four years, we have over 80% of the buildings trading hands, right? And those buildings trading hands, going to an institutional investor or a REIT, uh, they are trying to get those face rates mm-hmm. and they'll do it at whatever cost they can. They'll give you a free a year of free rent. Yeah. They'll give you a lot of TIs, et cetera, but they want to keep the face rates to keep the value. Now, we have a select few buildings in downtown and I'd say more so uh, in the suburbs that are owned outright right by long-term landlord who's not planning to sell and those buildings are dropping their rates Mm -hmm. and they're getting very competitive and these are not poor buildings these are well-managed buildings they are class b class a buildings in some cases and that this is the example playing out right in front of us Mm -hmm. you have an institutional investor who needs to keep a face rate so that's what they're going to push you have a landlord who has owned the building for many years and is not planning to sell it and has 100% equity or close to it, and they don't need to reach those face rates. You know, So as a tenant, I, I don't think that's something that you're generally considering, but it is actually an important component to mm-hmm. these decisions, right? Because do you, want, do you want to get a lot of concessions and do you want to kind of battle with the, this face rate discussion? Or do you wanna go in and say, okay, you have 100% equity, we can actually negotiate really well here and get these rates down for a long-term five-year lease, yeah. so to speak. So the financial decisions, right? And that's what we've talked about, cost of tenant improvements, cost of rent, co- you know, the concessions, et cetera. Right. There are so many uh, ways to go about it right now that I think it's really important to kind of dial in what your goal is as far as the financial yeah. route goes as a company for the next five years. As it relates to your real estate, as far as location, build out, environment, etc., that's that's a whole nother conversation, and that is what we're still working through, right? But we have so many, uh, you know, really great resources. Certainly at Cressa, but all around, yeah, from furniture providers to workplace strategists to, um, you know, even contractors who are, right. who are helping trying to reframe how best will a space flow. Do you want it more open? Do you want more huddle rooms, etc.? That it's it's a matter of just taking the time sitting down and doing your homework
1: yeah uh, you know and and you'll get there so so um, what do we what do we take from all this like what's the you know what's the cliff notes version the cliff notes are that
0: over the next two to three years uh certainly central portland real estate is going to be hit hard from a landlord perspective what that means for the tenant is that there's going to be a lot of ab- opportunities. Vacancy will maintain, it's not gonna start dropping overnight by mm-hmm. no means. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the second cliff note I would say is the decision to move to the suburbs by some major companies within the Portland area, we have yet to see how that plays out, right? And not, you know, Portland is a close-knit yeah. area, right? but in, in the long run, is that the wisest decision to make right now? We have yet to see, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and lastly, uh, you know, I would say that we are all still working to figure out what yeah. is the best strategy. It, that's the end of the day, you know. And I think if you're uncomfortable about what decision to make and how to make it, and you feel pressure at all on your real estate decisions, you should not. You need to step back and really. Try to understand. Try to take take in all the information that that's being provided, mm-hmm. and let yourself make a decision that you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Don't let pressure push you because yeah. you do have options for flexibility right now. And I think if you feel the need to do that, take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think you know that we've had several discussions, and and we've taken deals to the finish line. And in some cases, you can sort of see the apprehension on you know on uh, clients' faces, and at the end of the day. It, the answer is, if you like, you do not have to move this thing forward. If, if from a business standpoint, unless you feel that you're like that, you absolutely have to do this. Like, yes, we've been working three, six, nine months on a project and back and forth, back and forth, and now it's time to sign. If you're not comfortable signing and you're not coming to move that forward. Take a pause. Yeah, take a pause. Yeah, that's the, if that's the right decision, then then do it. Yeah, you know, and and that I think is for us is it's important to, to keep that in mind that you know these are big decisions and it's important to you know allow uh, clients and others just to to take some time and and think and then they're looking at us too to to be uh, advisors of theirs and sort of counselors of theirs and so it's our job too to suggest look here's the realities if this if you do pause there could be you know here's some things that can happen or like. You know what we don't feel that you're at risk if you pause to, to go about that yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah well uh sean just thanks for for coming on thank uh, you for and, having me you know giving us some some good anecdotes and some good data you're always freaking on top of that stuff and uh i always appreciate you know sharing the conversation with you and uh looking forward to doing some more thanks blake i appreciate it this is yeah. fun Thank you for listening to Think Beyond Space, the PDX Workplace Insider Podcast. To follow along and get additional insights from each episode, visit com slash Portland. Please also take a minute to rate and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.